our episode of the Conversation Podcast dives into our topic for the week, which is remix. As the readings and the Ferguson video point out, remix is a term that really began in the mid to late 80s within hip hop culture, within music specifically, but really transcends topics and fields of study, which is a point that Ferguson especially makes. Touching on some of the points brought forth by the Nobel and Lancashire readings, as well as the James reading on critical media literacy, we'll talk about not only the nature of the remix, but also of its importance to a learning environment. Um, I guess we'll start just by introducing ourselves and reiterating what what each of us do. And I'll start with me. My name is Brandon. I actually, I don't work as a teacher, but I do work uh, in a university tutoring department. I also work as a musician uh, and sort of creator outside of the sort of academic environment. And that's tends to be the way that I look at a lot of these things, especially when it comes to sort of remixing and recreating. But it also kind of applies to, I think, something like a tutoring department, especially with writing tutoring. So I'll probably touch on some of that. My name is Richie Tarantola. I am a fifth year teacher in the New York City Department of Education. Um, I have taught both band and orchestra as well as music theory. And I, I tend to put that lens amongst when analyzing readings of this nature. My name is Nicholas Brown. I'm a health and physical education teacher and music particularly is a, a very important topic within my classroom. I, I use it a lot to um, get my students engaged and more involved in the lessons. So definitely excited to talk about that. So I think the first, a good place to start is a, a big takeaway from the video, um, from the Ferguson video, which is that this idea that ideas are property, right? Intellectual property kind of spawned from this, right? And we become extremely territorial when we feel that the property is ours. I even pulled a quote, when we copy, we justify. When others copy, we vilify. For me, it's sort of like immediately, maybe you think about where that line is, especially when you're talking about material that's kind of used and then reused and reused again. I don't know. I think it's interesting because I feel like it's, it's such a simple concept, but so many people do that. And I relate it to teaching because I feel like the idea of teaching is it's like recycling the wheel, like taking other people's ideas and, and making it your own, which I mean, I think that's what teaching is. It is if the content's the content, then take other ideas and then make it your own. And then maybe somebody else takes your idea and makes it their own. So I, I think that it's not copying. It's just like recycling in my, in my opinion. Yeah. And like there, there are, um, educational platforms or resources that kind of um incentify this like what comes to mind right away is teachers pay teachers and like they're like even in the teacher world there's like this like notion that using teachers pay teachers is is not that you're a bad teacher it's just that like you're 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 just using someone else's material and well why aren't you just spending your time to just create your own content but we've all been in a pinch where like hey like you know, I need something fast and like, I'll be the first to admit, like I've used non use like non myself created material before and it's, it's served its purpose. And then like, it's it, like this quote, like literally resonates, um, to even being a student, like having like, I've experienced, and I'm sure you guys have as well. When like someone tries to copy you in class and you're like, no, like my, like I, I came up with this idea and like, even even in our own class, like, you know, like, I, I feel like, like some sort of loyalty to my own thoughts and like, wanting to um, just like, go to bat for them. But then like, you know, when we're in a, when we're in a bind, like, it's like, all right, like, maybe I'll just, I'll use this as a springboard. Well, yeah, I'm only a second year teacher. So for me, last year was my first year teaching. And 
when you're new, there's so much unknown and you always want to try and do a good job and, and you're still learning how to teach yourself and you're definitely not a master of all the concepts that are being taught. So yeah, sometimes you need help. Like Rich said, it's, it's, I don't think it's such a bad thing to, to get another idea from another person. I, I think, like I said previously, I think that's what teaching is. It's getting different ideas from other people adding your spin on it and passing that along to the next person. So it's just like an ever, an ever growing chain of recycled and new ideas. Like if we were just talking about ideas, like, and I'm like, Hey man, like, just like, just use this. And like, this will work. This will work. Like, I feel like there would be no like societal, like no, no against that. It's just like a, like a conversation. However, when it's in like, say like, I'm giving you my PowerPoint, like I'm giving you this, I'm giving you that. I feel like maybe there's, there's more of like a, a societal, like, like damper on that. And just because I'm not familiar with Teachers Pay Teachers, um, and I mean, well, first off, I, I want to say that I like using the word recycling here because I, I mean, that's, that comes up in the CML, CML reading a lot um, in that, like, I don't know, he, they're, they're kind of, they, they use that imagery a lot of like, I mean, it's really, it's a lot of like planting seeds and hybridization and then kind of, right, like repurposing, right, and recycling and that kind of almost eco thing. But um, just because I'm not familiar with teachers, teacher, teachers pay teachers. Teachers pay teachers, yeah. It's, it's um, is, I feel like there's, there's a lot, it's a pretty packed question. Like why, why is it so bad to steal other people's ideas? And I, I feel like when I say it that way, <laughs> that's the worst of it. That's like the worst part side of the spectrum, you know? Yeah. yeah. Because like for, for us, like bringing it to a music side of a thought, it's like we were encouraged as learners to copy and like how imitation yeah. is, is the best form of flattery and, and how like, I remember um, quoting it in last week's discussion posts of how like this was a connection to masters. So say like if you were able to play like a John Coltrane transcription, which is a copy you you were you were revered as as getting better at your craft while i'm sure it's the same way as 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 repurposing say like ken griffey jr's swing you're you're progressing you're trying to emulate these masters and like this this has a positive notion while um you know like you taking my song has like this negative connotation and so like i wonder if as far as it pertains to reusing educational material is it an issue of crediting? Is that, you know, is it an issue of, well, if you're using material without crediting, I know that's a big thing in the music world. And is that what Teachers Pay Teachers is about? Um, you pay for it. I mean, some are mm. free, some are downloadable, but for, for the majority of it, it's like this, this like boxed curriculum that you can just um, plug in and use. Um, there's no real element for personal um, customization or the like the, how you can make it your own is, is your own personal delivery inside the classroom. But as far as this like material, like th that's the material and it's kind of like set in its own way. But yeah. Well, I, I see it as a positive because I'll give a perfect example. Like last year I was doing, I had to teach elementary football and I was, I was trying to maximize my students activity participating. So like in, in physical education, a big thing is not having lines like students don't get to be physically active every day they essentially have to be moving all 42 minutes you have them it's it's challenging but it's definitely doable if you think about it and and pick the right activity so i had to teach elementary football which 
it could be difficult depending on skill level and age and all that. So I found a lesson online where students acted like a running back and they ran the ball across the gym. There would be like a cone acting as the defender and they had to like make a football move around them and then go to the other side, hand it off and go. But with this, there was only two lines, which too much waiting. That's when like bad behavior starts to pop up. So what I did is I put my own spin on the activity. I made five lines so that there was really only two people per line so that there was really no time to to kind of mess around and they, they were always on the move. So that's why I don't think it's such a bad thing to, to take somebody else's idea and put your own spin on it because I made I feel like I made a positive. I made a, a lesson better and now if somebody ever needed my help, I could give that idea to them and they from there, if, if they want to make a change, they can. So I, I think it's a good thing. I wonder why it's looked down upon then in, say, the teaching community, right? And maybe it's just a matter of how it's presented, right? Like, so, I mean, something this makes me think about as an analog within, say, I don't know, in music culture or even like we, we talk about that remix kind of came from hip hop culture, right? Um, yeah. I mean, like, much like, Richie, what you're talking about uh, in terms of like the, the jazz idiom, it's like copying is embedded within the instruction. Like the way you get better at jazz improvisation is you study the greats, you break that stuff down into like little bits and then you rebuild your own language using those those ideas and you apply them. Um, I feel like in, in hip hop culture and in sampling culture, again, this is like, it's part of the tradition and the readings talk about this, the art and craft reading kind of gets into this. Um, it's like embedded within the tradition to to sample some of the greats that came before you, right? Um, but I think in that context, it's seen as okay because it's presented that way, right? So, you know, uh, a DJ is is a curator of great material, and maybe even a DJ's identity comes from the material that 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 individual has kind of consumed and put together, and then curates even if they're not necessarily doing anything new with it. I wonder why the, the application of others' lessons into the classroom isn't the same kind of that feeling of like homage, you know? Um, I guess, is it, is it hard to kind of find a place to credit? Like, I mean, what you, I guess you would tell your students like, oh, I took this from somewhere else. Like, that just feels weird. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I would say, I would say, uh, I, who's checking it? You know, no one's, no one's, going to analyze your lesson plan. I mean, you know, a principal would, somebody's going to analyze your lesson plan. And and I guess if they really want you to give credit to the source, then, you know, you would. But in terms of, you know, taking somebody's idea as a teacher, I would think unless you're on teachers pay teachers, how are you making money off of it? It's not like you, you know, you're not selling their idea um, for any, for any profit or anything. So I mean, I would say it's a little bit different than music because maybe with music, you could potentially make millions based off of using somebody else's work. To me, it's it's like what like how you're defining creativity, and I know the the Ferguson video it it defines like creativity that it's not magic and that like it happens by um, you know applying ordinary tools to existing materials as well as copying and and copying isn't really you can't really introduce something new until you understand the language of the domain. And you know, like what Nick was saying about like, he's learning to be a teacher or he's learning what 
like what works best for him and like he's going through the trials and tribulations um i guess it's it's really just a case-by-case basis on on what is okay and what is not okay especially more towards the educational side like nick said when you're when you're making profit off of it um it's it's different but like it's a case-by-case basis in the sense that um it's okay or not yeah yeah you're right i think that's a I guess where a lot of the hairiness comes in, I think, especially in the creative industry, because I mean, I guess you could argue in educational fields. I, I mean, I guess my experience there is in a collegiate environment, right? Because I'm, I'm kind of working with, with students on college papers or I'm working with college within college classrooms. And at least at that level, there seems to be, I guess, a great deal of kind of maturity around the idea of education being a place where we're kind of learning is democratic to a certain extent. Um, I don't know, at least, yeah, like it seems to me that the idea of exchanging ideas and presenting other people's, presenting notions that were taken from another person and introducing it, that's kind of, that is the analog for the college paper. Um, and it's, I, I think it's, I think it's just a sign of a mature classroom or, or, or things that present itself being mature. I feel like in, in lower levels, it's, it's not always accessible for everyone. Yeah. And so it's okay. So this is a good transition, I think, to get into another another point that I guess we can kind of make our own hybrid here between some of the points from the CML reading. Um, that's the critical media literacy reading, um, as well as the art and crafts of hybridization reading, right? So in the art and craft reading, we have a general idea that humans have fun when they're learning because we are by nature learning organisms, right? And so there's, there's this symmetry between the kind of identity that a learner identifies with outside of a formal and learning environment when they're maybe improving their literacy for the sake of something that they're creating on their own, which the reading tends to cite as a remix, right? Um, in one of many forms, um, as well as the kind of learning that's happening within a formal environment, right? So there's, there's a symmetry there. Um, and the CML reading kind of starts to break down the importance of that, right? So the importance of remix as a literary practice, the idea that introducing remix into your classroom or into your learning environment to participate in culture while also being aware of the importance of, uh, of being critical of the culture that you're kind of consuming. How would you say, do you, do you have experiences of this in terms of both of you working with younger students? For me, it's, um, it's about bridging the gap and the, and the CML article, it's, it's quoted by saying, um, to bridge the gap and the world or the lived world of students is made more difficult because there is this resistance that um, like school is this negative place and it's it's not really like um, it's formal learning. And this creates this um, need for individual teachers to be their own teacher and to provide these these rich resources that like have out of, like out of school literacy that gives them relevance and authenticity and value. Even to me, the term remix, it's just like bringing culturally relevant material to your students. Like this, this idea of bringing things that they, that they might experience outside of the classroom, inside of the classroom. It just, it sounds like good instructional design and just good teacher practice altogether. So it's almost like, like a non-negotiable that remix should be applied, but it's not really as, like why widely as as realized yet um i like personally like i don't really have experience with students remixing work per se i my my class is more well health wise it's more based on um like class discussions and students participating in different scenarios to see like where their skill set is at 
But and and in terms of physical education, it again, it's just I'm kind of dictating what the students do in so many words because they have to complete and demonstrate a certain set of skills. Yeah, you know, it's funny that something that comes to mind right now when I think about what it would mean to apply remix to a physical education classroom. And this is actually like, yeah, I feel like this is probably pretty weird that I had a gym class that allowed me to do this. In like fifth grade, we had one section of gym where we had a contest to create our own game. That's cool. Yeah, we were like, you know, you, you know, you do you do like a cycle of playing kickball and then like everyone can't wait for dodgeball, right? Like you have like these like couple week cycles. And then there was like a couple of weeks where we essentially had to like break into teams and create our own game. And, you know, it, it was a contest in the sense that it, it required you to really build off of some of the rules. Like it, it couldn't just be a game that was sort of kind of chaotic. Like you really needed to think about well, what would make this game valuable the way that us playing dodgeball or kickball is? And, you know, like, is it a game that has teams? Is it a game that's a free-for-all? And you kind of had to design it. And essentially, like, the the kind of the best and most engaging game won. I just learned something. Like, I think that's a great assignment. I've, I've no, honestly, I've never, I've never actually heard of that. And I think that's great because I feel like PE a lot of the time is, is more, not teacher-centered, but it's like, teacher dictated in the sense that you tell your students what they have to do and and how to perform a certain skill set and I think that that adds more of a choice to physical education and actually gives like some power to the students and how they want to create and talking about remixes they could possibly look up a game that they've already played in physical education or just go on google and google um, a game related to their interests and then they could take that idea put their own spin on it and now they've made uh, a game and, and they've remixed it. So I think that that's actually a really a great assignment. Yeah. And like this, this idea of creating your own game and, and, and setting the rules and the norms, it brings me to the, the Noble and Lancashire article where, where they're talking about literacy as a whole and how it's, how it has different dimensions and technical and discourse and evaluative dimensions. Part of this discourse is knowing what rules to apply and the norms and how it will be perceived by specific cultures, in this case, your peers. Um, and they mentioned this like lolcat um, type um, environment where it's just like like a, like a small circle and only certain people know and, and, and how to really just appeal to your peers in this situation. Yeah, that's... Uh very close to some of the stuff that we were looking at with the memes last week. Like, I'm, I'm glad that that reading kind of put the word discourse to kind of describe that, like, unspoken understanding. I feel like, yeah, just, I guess, to wrap this all into the remix in a gym class, which is, an, I feel like physical education is a really good marriage, school and play. For some reason, I equate it to, like, sort of emotional intelligence, right? Or the ability to kind of read situations and people and understand culture. Um, but that's exactly what designing the game was like. It had to be like, well, you need to know what's fun. This was, a, I guess, a super good week as far as valuable things to apply to sort of understanding digital literacy and, and learning in practicality. Um, I'll definitely say there was, it was dense. There's, there's so much that we could go off on, but uh, this, this is the part where I say we are out of time. And if you're interested in learning more about Teachers Pay Teachers, we'll include with our links, um, not only a link to that particular website and community, but also just some extra literature on that. What we'll also include in our links is 
something similar to a, a recommended list. And this is just some resources, mostly YouTube videos that kind of encapsulate different ideas of remix that we thought might be interesting and we didn't necessarily get to touch upon uh, in the podcast, but we'll, we'll include some notes there for you.